0: This is Entrepreneurs Only. If you own a business, you're in the right place. This is where we study and solve all that bullshit that comes with being your own boss so that you can finally grow your business. Let's get to work. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Entrepreneurs Only. Today, ladies and gentlemen, I share the mic with another badass, actually the baddest of the asses of all of them. This is a moment for me because she's someone who I follow, I respect, I look up to, and honestly, I really learn from every single day. She has an eight-figure business where she serves tens of thousands of people to help them get over the BS, holding them back from getting what they want in life. I've tried to get in her membership. There's no men allowed. That's right. She has rules and she follows them. So getting her on my podcast was the next best thing. She is the highest-running coach in the Life Coach School. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome the queen, the GOAT. Corinne Crabtree. Welcome, Corinne.
1: That might be the best intro I've ever had. (laughs) I almost started crying. (laughs) Oh,
0: Well, it's just how I feel and how I see you. So thank you so much for doing this, though. This is going to be so much fun.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm really glad to be here.
0: Awesome. So um, I want to jump right in. I want you to, you know, I think at this point, I mean, you're the greatest of all time. You just, you've taken your business, you've exploded it, you remain humble, kind, authentic. You are just who you are, which is so cool. Um, What took you there? What, what took you from, you know, starting out to an eight figure business? If you had to sum it up, what is it?
1: Just not quitting. Like I tell people all the time, like I don't care if it's weight loss or if it's in business, they both run parallel tracks. So after losing a hundred pounds and then building an eight figure business, like when I look at what makes the difference between someone who succeeds in either realm and who doesn't, it is literally the person who runs up on a problem and decides to keep going until they figure it out versus the person's like, ah, I got to quit. Like, this is the reason why I can't succeed. You're either going to go to your old crap or you are going to just keep plowing through. I I just remember in both cases telling myself, I just didn't have the option to quit. I knew that that was the way to fail. Like that was solid in my brain, but just being willing to keep going, even if it felt gross or hard or yucky. Um, was probably the biggest skill that I I truly did develop. I didn't always have that skill, but at some point it just made sense that like quitting just could not keep being the option. That's what kept me where I was at all my life. Yeah.
0: And so that's not something you just developed for your business. You're saying like, that's been you for life.
1: Yeah. So like I was a huge quitter for a long time. I will well, let me just back up when when it came to my weight loss, I was a huge quitter for a long time. Yep. And I never really understood that there were parts of my life that I was very determined. Um, I grew up extremely broke, extremely poor. My mother had me at 17. She had she had all her kids by the age of 19 wow. and a high barely a high school education from a small town in Alabama. She might as well not had one at this point. And so she worked like a dog while I was growing up. And if I wanted lunch money, uh, if I wanted gas money, if I wanted anything, I had to get to work. Like it was not coming from my mama and it wasn't because she was an a-hole. It was because she didn't have it to give. So when I got out of high school, I dropped out of college immediately. I had a full ride scholarship and dropped oh. out after the first semester. Cause I had eloped with some guy and he wouldn't work. And the one thing I knew was how to work hard. So I gave up college and went to work. And so the entire time that I was um, like in, I had gotten into a corporate gig and worked my way up from being basically someone who went from that was called the floater. I went from department to department and did the grunt work copies and that stuff and went all the way to being um, in charge of their training university. So I just kept working hard and working my way up because i just knew I didn't have an option to not, it was that or not eat. And I had like things I wanted to buy things I wanted to do for myself. So I really realized at some point, I've always been a hard worker. I've always been someone who could figure out what I wanted and knew that there's like, I can get there unconventionally. I don't have to get there the way everybody says you do. And that just really served me with the business side in particular.
0: Yeah. That's amazing. So we, I mean, you, you summed it up beautifully, but one of the things that we talk about is always eliminate choice. Like for you, it was, you gave yourself a choice, but there was no choice. It was this or don't eat. Like there is no choice in that. Right. So give yourself the illusion of choice, but really make it an easy choice like this or don't eat work or this. And so for you now, I mean, you're at a very different place, um, you know, financially in your business, your, your future, all of that. What keeps you going? What is the choice you eliminate now that keeps you going from, you know, hitting, you know, hitting six figures, hitting seven figures, hitting eight figures now. What keeps you driving with that no choice attitude?
1: I think for me, it's, I was actually thinking about this this morning. I was listening to a podcast and they were talking like, I just woke up in a bad mood today. I was just like, I don't usually wake up in bad moods around work. And today I just was like, oh no, just I just want to lay around today. Like I was just having all these thoughts. And so I popped in a podcast while I was walking. And one of the things they talked about when it comes to high performers is at the end of the day, if you are serving other people and that's really important to you, then it becomes a necessity that you keep going. And I think for me, that's what ends up happening. So like I'm listening to this podcast and I was sitting there thinking today about all the people that I'm getting ready to help. And I'm like, and you're in a bad mood. So what? (laughs) Like You know, if the worst that's going to happen today is you're just going to have to work through a bad mood to be able to do these other things for other people. I think for me, that helps. Um, I've always been very purpose driven. I don't um, take what I do lightly. I've always thought that there is somebody sitting out there right now who is waiting on Corinne to work through her bad day. There's someone who's waiting on Corinne to go live, write the thing, do whatever it is, because like their life does depend on it. Mine doesn't (laughs) anymore, but theirs does, you know, I'm going to say something or write something. And that may be what not only changes them, but changes their kid because they interact different with them. It could, I, I know this sounds, Crazy, but I just, so I spent a weekend with 10 of my closest friends who all started working with me anywhere from 10 to 15 years ago. And we've kind of grown up in my business together. And they all went around in like a sharing circle on Saturday night to talk about um, their lives and how they've changed since we met. And I mean, we're talking stopping um, binge eating and not passing this on to their daughter, to their marriage is completely different and say They were like going down a bad road, just all kinds of things. And so I think about that. And I think about when you talk about taking the choice away. I think for me, one of the things that I do is when I have two choices, it's like one that's extremely easy to make. And then I give myself one that's like sucks so bad, the choice becomes inevitable. Like yeah. you want to this one. And I think a lot of us don't do that. I think we give ourselves an escape route and then the hard road to get our dreams. Yeah. Well, no wonder we're picking the escape route all the time. <laughs> so that's, that's right. what kind of how I think about it.
0: But I love that transferring, transferring the urgency, transferring the drive and absorbing the client's drive and urgency versus yours. Cause your urgency to survive, your urgency to eat, your urgency to have money Isn't what it used to be, but to absorb your clients as you grow, I mean, that's, that's the level of service That's servant leader that's impact driven. That is, that's everything that you want when you're getting to those higher levels, right? Because otherwise I remember, you know, having a conversation when Tony Robbins was coaching me and he was saying the same thing. Like I make $700 million a year. It doesn't mean shit to me.
1: Mm -hmm. What it means
0: is I can fill an arena with 10,000 people and change their lives, So they go home and change a bunch of people's lives too. Yeah, impact drives me.
1: I think that's important because when um, when I first started, so I had urgency in like the two big ways. I started from a from the get go. My urgency was about making sure other women got their opportunity to feel amazing. I had spent like I had attempted suicide at 17. I knew what it was like to be depressed. I knew it was like to be bullied and hate your body to wake up every day and feel like the only thing you've got going for you is a roll of cookie dough. I mean, I wanted other women to know what it was like to come out on the other side. And so I wanted to help them. But I also had Financial things that I wanted to accomplish. It was because um, I had I'd never had money. Um, I just wanted to change my family tree. I wanted to like. There was a time when my money motivator was I wanted my husband to leave his C suite job of twenty five years. I wanted to be the money maker. I wanted to be the you know the rainmaker in this family, yeah. and we did that. But yeah. you know my my money goals have definitely transitioned. And it's like what you said at a certain point, you make enough money, you better have other stuff to rely on because once yeah. that's gone, it's like what happens in weight loss. If the only thing you want is a number on the scale and a, and a pair of <laughs> a certain pair of pants, if you don't have bigger reasons, then once you hit it, you're likely to let it all go because you yep. don't have anything else to drive you. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's so important. I mean, we, we're, we're in the middle of, or we're about to launch on the podcast this month, a versus challenge. So we're doing four weeks of versus. Things you are doing and things you should be doing. If you look right now in your business or, you know, in the recent past, what is what is a versus challenge that you faced as far as something that you were doing, but something that, you know, you should be doing? Like, how do you, what is something like that? Or how did you overcome it? Or how do you just overcome those in general?
1: Um, I think... For now, this is what I would call like a I don't know, this is this happens early earlier on in someone's um, business relationship. So it can kind of scale. One of the things for us right now is really I I call it I I have got to work myself out of a job. (laughs) So and I think that that's a concept. I actually got it from Rachel Rogers originally, and it made sense to me when I heard it that a CEO Eventually, one day wakes up and is like, I've worked myself out of a job. Like, what am I supposed to do now? And I think that when you are like for us, that's the versus challenge in my business is every single team member. When we first started, we were small and everybody had to play roles where they wore like lots of hats and now we're having to earn, unlearn that part of us. It was a skill that got us to a certain point. Sure. Now we're in the mindset of as a team and as myself is how do we work ourselves out of our job? Because most of us are getting so specific, yeah. we have to quit doing what other people—that's their specialty now. That's what they do best, so that we can all focus. And I think for me, um, you know, when your business, when you when you were the one for so long. And then even when you built a small team, you were still the one they all relied on letting go of a lot of things. And it's not a trust factor. I trust my team like explicitly. It's not a control freak thing. It's more of a what do I do with myself now? Like you start meeting you and you meet yourself as like, your next evolution. So I think for me, that's where I'm at is figuring out the places I'm still um, in the business where I don't need to be and figuring out what is the next version of Corinne in this business.
0: Yeah. And then being okay with that. I mean, I'm, I'm Mm -hmm. right there right now. It's so funny. You bring it up in the way of building teams, bringing people on and knowing, Hey, I got I made a million dollars working by myself for myself. And that was fun. It was a lot of work. And I decided I don't want to do that anymore. I need to do it a different way. You bring people on. But if your mindset is the only way I did this was by doing everything myself. Yeah, it's not a trust thing. Like my business manager, my people, I trust them. I love them. They do a great job. But it's what learning to let go and learning and exactly what you said i need to find out who i am in this business now because it's not the guy who writes the social media posts it's not the guy who does this i think so many people listening like you said they fight this at different levels every level you get to there's a there's some things you have to let go of and be okay with it but then fill it backfill it with who you are now if you don't figure out who you are now then you just end up lost and that's never fun
1: Well, and that's the problem that, that I have run into in the past is each time I hit a new level. So when I have like more time, like, you know, we all say like, Oh, I'm going to run a business and have more time, you know, with myself. And then the second we get time with ourselves, we're like, well, I feel guilty. Well, I, I mean, like our habit brain kicks in. It's like all this time doesn't feel so freaking good, (laughs) you know? So it's really defining that. And I have literally learned over the last two years when I so where you're at now, it, wh- where are you at? Like a million, are you above a million? Like Yeah, we're
0: about 1.2 to 1.5.
1: When you, like, this is the time where it is literally the hardest yeah. because you are struggling with what, like, you really don't know who you are yet. You haven't even experienced yet enough of you not doing it for it to just feel like, oh, this is how we scale. Like from when I first started doing it, I was like, This might not even work. (laughs) It was like, my brain was like, it's a no, it's a no, it's a no. And then once I I kept like doubling and doing different things, when I crossed eight figures, I guess it was two years ago now. um, That's when I, like, it made sense in my brain, like, oh, this is how you actually make more money and bigger impact. The less I do tactically and the less I do that way, I notice I have, more ability to reach people, more time to think about my clients and do what I do best, which is tell the team, here's how we're serving them. Like, here's the next ideas. They're too busy doing their work. They're not sitting there reading and stuff and figuring out the next evolution of thought leadership. That's my job. And when that, this is like really the first year where it's been, it's made sense, yeah. So anyway, I just thought I would tell
0: yeah. you that. No, no, I, I I really appreciate it because that's amazing advice. But we think I always like to think of a race team and I'm like, look, the guy driving the race car, he's not looking at oil pressures. He's not thinking about tire treads. He's not thinking about fuel level. He's got people there doing that. Mm-hmm. He's great at holding the wheel, feeling the car and maneuvering the car. Everything else is up to somebody else. And if he started worrying about fuel and started worrying about tire pressures and started worrying about what place he was in he would lose all concept of feeling on how to drive the car forward, how to win the race. And so, you know, a CEO, it's always going to change for them as they grow, but you have to always maintain hands on the wheel and just be behind the wheel driving the car. There could be 10 people on your pit crew. There could be 50 people. It doesn't matter. How do you Mm -hmm. still win the race, whatever race you're in today? So I do appreciate the advice because it is, I'm glad you said that it's the hardest because I'm like, this feels like the hardest. I thought hundred K was hard. I thought half a million would be hard. I'm like, this feels like the hardest. And then I'm well, watching everybody else.
1: I think it's I, like, I, I still, I think that what ends up happening is, um, I'll just, this is a more of a woman metaphor, but I will just sure. say yeah. when, when you have a child, One of the reasons why you don't remember every single contraction is because the human race would die if we did. (laughs) No one would do it again. I think it's the kind of the same thing in business. It's like I do think getting to 100K is the hardest because there's so much learning. I mean, there's like a lot of failure. There's a lot of stuff. But you forget all of like not all of, but you forget a lot of the pain that you go through, and yeah. I just think that every time you reinvent yourself, your brain is not thinking about oh this is so much better than the last time. Your brain is like this sucks. What are we doing? I don't like this. Like blah blah blah. <laughs> so it, yeah. it's always hard. I think it's just I really feel like for entrepreneurs, we just get better at showing up for hard. I don't ever yeah. think it gets less hard though. It's just reinvention is always going to be culture shock to our brains. It's yeah. it's just a new thing.
0: It'll always just feel like the hardest point. But if you yes. keep going through it, if you're willing to deal with the hardest point, then you can get to the next hardest point. Which right. is everyone's goal is everyone's goal. It's so funny. People walk around saying, I just want to get through this. So it gets easier. But really, if you walk around and say, I just want to get through this so I can get to the next harder thing. That's the only way growth will continue to happen. There is no, right. There's no vacation. There's no, you know, people look at me, they're like, oh, you hit a million dollars. So it must be really easy now. I'm like, no, I wish. (laughs) And then I'm like, and I say it all the time. I'm like, do you look at Stacey? Do you look at Corinne and be like, oh, you hit 10 million. It's got to be easier now. It's, it's not, you see them still working. They're not just stopped. Right. And so you have to be willing to hit those. Um, One thing I do want to talk about, obviously is weight loss. Um, I'm not sure if, you know, I have a history of weight loss issues. I struggled all my life. 330 pounds was the most I got to lost the weight. But what I found, and I love the whole no BS weight loss side of things. What I found is that working with entrepreneurs, success, universal success would be amazing if you can have success everywhere. And that's actually my goal this year, success everywhere. Maintain my business at a seven-figure level, get in the best shape, family, relationships, everything is good. Kids are good. Everyone's happy. Um, But I find so many entrepreneurs choose success in one area. So when they build their business, they give up all their health and fitness or they give up their relationships and their marriage goes to shit or whatever the case. How do you, do you find the same thing? Do you find it hard to manage or what? what is the secret to saying, I want success everywhere. Like I want to be able to build a business and apply no BS weight loss rules so that I can do it all. Or do you have to give up one?
1: Well, I think, I think I differ a little. Well, I don't differ. Let's say this. I do believe in the value of constraining, but I think people, what they do is they forget that constraint doesn't mean, you know, blow the fuck this thing up. Like all they're not the yeah. same, right? They're not the same. When you are going to, con- like when I think about like, all right, if this is my important goal, this one thing, that doesn't mean I ignore the rest. It means that when when I'm building out my calendar, when I'm doing things, these, like the key elements of this one thing get planned first, then the other things get in there. So it's more about like whatever your whatever your number one goal is, it just gets on the calendar first. And then the second goal, then it gets calendared. Then the third goal, it gets calendar. I mean, I calendar everything. I calendar everything down to my date nights. I mean, it's if I'm going to lay by the pool, my pool has an agenda. Like it will say... This day I'm laying by the pool with my son so we can talk like this is going to be Logan time. So I'm really good about making sure that my time is allocated. I think that's secret number one. I think the other secret is with your number, most people, when they like, let's say we're going to go all in on our business. What we don't do is in the business development side, we don't figure out what the most important things to work on are. So that we can say no to other things. So then what ends up happening is that like, if my business is number one, then I'm like spending probably way too much time on it, doing a lot of activities that at the end of the day are not going to generate revenue that aren't going to be scalable, that aren't going to do the things they need to do. So when you get really good, I think at the time piece and like out, not only just this is how I'm spending, like when I'm spending my time, but also I'll make sure that every bucket is the most important things to be working on. Yeah, Being able to say no, then you get to do more things. You get to have more stuff. And one other thing about weight loss that I will just throw in. Yeah. There is not a single person like. Nobody can use this excuse that, well, I'm building a business and this is why I'm gaining weight. Right. No, like it. you need to be on your A game. Health wise, you need your sleep, you need your water. Yeah. If you want to build a business, don't tell me you didn't reach your money goals because you were sitting on the couch having a snack. Like yeah. emotional eating is a waste of time and it does not help you build a business. So, the, like weight loss and fitness and health and all that stuff, they go hand in hand. So, I just get really pissed basically when entrepreneurs want to kind of tell me that the reason why they're gaining weight is because of their work. I'm like, no, it's like, let's manage our mind around that because you don't need to be eating over it.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Well, exactly. You're putting time, like you're either putting in time to the the problem or the solution. So don't tell me you don't have time because you either are finding time to overeat and have cake late at night and all that shit, or you're finding time to hit the gym at 10 o'clock or go for a walk because that's the only time you have you're putting time into a problem or a solution. So it's not a time issue. We all have 24 hours a day. It's a priority issue. It's a mindset issue. You don't have a weight problem. You have problems. And weight is one of the ways it's showing up. That's all.
1: Right. Weight is one of the ways I
0: see your problems on you. For some people, it's other things. For some people, it's weight. And so I love that. So if you're listening and you're building a business and you've used that excuse, you just heard the fire from her. It's the same thing I've always said. You got to like, people have priorities and they Mm -hmm. think Priorities mean one thing, and then everything else goes to the wayside. Priorities is a list, people. Priorities is here's what comes first, and here's what comes second, and here's what comes third. It's not here's what comes first, and then everything else goes in the garbage can. Right. People think you can only have one priority. You can have multiple priorities. They just have to be ranked as long as you rank them. And you know, like I have different themes each week and I know, okay, this week is a gym week. I'm going to hit it hard. I'm like, okay, my schedule is adapted. I don't have as much room for new consults or guests on the podcast or something like that. My schedule is adapted so I can hit the gym in the mornings. I have time in the afternoon for some cardio. And even when I had the excuse, I found myself last year having the excuse exactly what you said. I'm building a business guys. I'm getting close to hitting a million dollars. Obviously I'm going to slip up a little bit. Right. And it's like, Whoa, no, I find when I made money, I was eating. And when I didn't make money, I was eating. And I was like, okay, so this isn't like, this isn't a, this isn't a cause and effect thing. It's just a habit that I formed. And that's why I decided right then I was like, you know what? In my office, as important as my computer and my setup is, is my fitness. I'm like, give Mm -hmm. me a workout bench, especially during COVID gyms. We're closing here and all that. I'm like, give me a workout bench. Give me a bike. Give me a treadmill so that between sessions I can get my energy up. And when it clicked for me that, oh, my business success is based on my fitness success. Like if I don't bring the energy, if I don't have the fire, if I show up to a call and I'm just kind of like this and I'm tired, no one's joining the membership. No one's hiring me as a coach. No one's paying me what they pay me. They hire me for my energy, for my experience. And I'm like, those pieces of equipment back there, that treadmill, like between a call, 20 minutes, 10 minutes, five minutes, I don't care. Get on there, get your energy up if you're failing, right? I also have a couch sitting here, but I know if I go lay on the couch between a call, my next call can be shit. If I go get on the treadmill (laughs) between a call, my next call can be great. So I started to see that fitness and health wasn't, wasn't something that was nice to have. It was a requirement to succeed for me. And like you said, I gave myself a really shitty choice, which made it easy. The choice was let your health go and watch your business fail or get control of your health and watch your relationships, your marriage, your kids, your business all grow. Like my son is 11 years old. One of my sons, I have three sons and a daughter. My 11 year old son definitely struggles. He's very much me. So I can watch him struggle with emotion and eating and things like that. And I'm like, oh, the as soon as every time I'm on my game, I'm going for a walk, I'm doing some activity, I'm going to the gym. He is way more alert to those things. And he learns Mm -hmm. from what I do, not what I say. So if I say to him, hey, don't have a snack at 11 o'clock at night, but I'm in the kitchen grabbing my snack and that's why I'm talking to him. I'm like, that's not going to work. So he learns so much more. So the whole generational thing too, like you said, watching these women in your group, not pass on obesity, not pass on emotional eating, not pass on all that baggage is so amazing to watch. I think that for me, owning my own business, having the freedom with my family, getting control of my health, watching my kids watch this from the age of two to 13 at this point is probably way more beneficial than anything else I do.
1: Oh yeah. I think, I I just think it's so important that we, we don't ever forget the people who are watching us as we are, you know, evolving as our own person and stuff. I, I see my own son pick, like he'll say things. I'm like, what made you say that or whatever? He's like, Oh, I was just listening to you the other day. I was watching you do this the other day. And it just escapes us sometimes that, you know, our littles are absorbing everything. That is how kids learn. They do not learn nearly as well from being told. They don't learn from like just hearing it, that kind of stuff. They learn through watching and their brain is making sense. They're like, all right, if you're doing this, that means I should probably do it. I mean, just look at animals in the woods. You know, the other day I was out walking, a mama deer is on the side and I like stop. And then I watch her go across and then I watch the baby kind of watch her and kind of know what she's doing. You know, our children are like animals, too. They, they just they don't they can't figure it out on their own. But when they see an adult, that's how they figure it out. So just be it's not that we're, you know, all of us are going to do something to screw up the kids at some point, but of course. the more mindful we are about things and like one of the things that's always made, I think, exercising and eating, um, eating better, easier for me after a lifetime of being 250 pounds was really thinking about how I just didn't want this for Logan. Like, I just did not want it for him. And it made sense to me that if I didn't want it for him, I had to show him something different than I had been shown all my life, yes. you know? And so that that was always one of my big motivators too. And it's the same thing in business. My son has autism, yeah. um, very high functioning, but I wanted him to see, you know, I, I didn't, I never have known whether or not he was, you know, going to be able to hold down jobs and stuff. We just didn't know. We didn't know how much he would develop and stuff. But I for sure wanted to make sure that he saw that if he did want to work on his own, if he wanted to overcome, if he wanted to do those things, he could figure it out. Like I wanted him to see that role model. And it's, you know, it's been very important. That's probably one of the purpose things when I talk about whose life depends on, you know, me showing up today. He's another one that like drives that purpose on the inside. It's like, I'm building a legacy business. You know, this, this is literally going to change my family tree and it makes it even richer and deeper inside of me to just keep going, you know? Yeah.
0: No purpose. I mean, like you said, if your only purpose is to hit a number on a scale, if your only purpose is to hit a number in your business or have a certain amount of money in the bank, you're doomed because when that shit happens, it's over. You let it go. I've been there so many times either with a number or with a certain thing and you keep your goal too small or you're like, Hey, I want to lose 10 pounds. And here's why I want to lose them. And you lose those 10 pounds. You're going to gain that shit back. If you don't have a better reason to keep that 10 pounds off or the hundred pounds or whatever the case, And it's the same with building your business. You have a reasons right now that are scalable. Like Mm -hmm. Generational wealth, changing your family tree is scalable. That purpose is going to drive you at 10 million, at 20 million, at 30 million. It doesn't matter. You're just making larger impact to more generations. You're having a bigger impact. There are more women out there whose life depend on you showing up to coach as you grow. That's a scalable purpose. It's so important to have those. Mm -hmm. Um, I want to talk about pivots and adjustments because and how you scale with those. Because you made uh, a big pivot recently in the way of... Look, your focus is obviously weight loss. It's helping women get over the BS. It's holding them back, get them what they want in life, show them that it's possible, all of that. But then you had this pivot in the last year, or this year, to also offer this advanced certification for coaches out there who are, which, you know, would boggle some people's mind because here you are looking at, you know, for some people they would go, well, that's competition to me. And right. what I want to do is I want to help the competition understand how I work, give them business advice, give them structure, give them focus, give them all the things they need to go out there and build better weight loss businesses. And some people will go, you're insane to do that because you're certifying <laughs> and giving all your secrets out to these people for extremely low investment compared to the return they get. Because one of my one-on-one clients went through your certification recently, blew her mind. She absolutely loved it. It has such an impact on her business. From the weight loss side, we're growing her business, which is good. She learned so much from that experience and you and your team that it was like changing for her completely. She's a different person when we coach now, which is so great But for the investment she made versus what she got. It was incredible. So you made this pivot. What, what drove you to make this pivot? What, what drives you to go and create essentially what some people would consider is more competition for you out there. Um, when you don't have to do that. It's it's not a survival mechanism. You didn't have to do that.
1: No, it's, um, I, there's two things. And yep. um, number one is when a, a few years ago, when I was just like, okay, like my business was a hobby for a long time. I mean, I was always super passionate about it, but I didn't run it like a business. I ran yep. it um, not with a business mindset. And it's like, I think it was around 2015, I just looked at myself and said, I think we got something here and we got to get serious and we got to think about this in a whole new way. And so I came up with a mission statement for the first time. In the mission statement, we thought long and hard about it and we wanted it to be something that was um, hard to achieve. So we said we were going to teach every woman how to lose her weight for good and feel as amazing as she deserves. So I've been running hard on that for a few years. And then I've been called to just want to help women in business. I have the same fire in my belly about women in business as I did with weight loss when it first happened. Like when, when I started really cracking the ceiling and understanding that I could come from nothing and only have like grit, determination, passion, and a love of what I do and build an eight figure business. I was like, I don't think enough women know how, that this is possible. Like I just, it was that same like awakening moment. So yeah. I decided to do the work like certification because I knew I was never going to be able to teach every woman. So if I was going to like live to the mission and chase my passions, there was going to have to be other Koreans now, <laughs> like there's going to have to be more people out there doing it. I've always had this mindset that, um, there's more than enough out there. Uh, yeah. I'm just really good at finding the people who resonate with me. But I've got a like. Well, you know, I cuss like a sailor. There's <laughs> so many people that don't like my mouth, yeah, and they're going to be left out in the cold simply because of how I decide to talk. Well, yeah. I would much rather train other women who, uh, one of the people that went through our advanced certification, she's like got a whole Christian bent. She doesn't cuss at all. You know, those people are like, those are the people I want to say, I'm like, here, go like, don't like my mouth, but listen to her. She knows exactly what we're doing. Men are kind of in the same boat. It's like one of those things where I don't work. The only way I work with men is through the free stuff. You know, I always tell them you can listen to everything, but we are a women only community. And so You know, to be able to help men get certified and to be able to go and teach this so that men can start finding this is just so important to me. So, I just, for your listeners, I think that the reason why I'm pivoting is because it aligns with my mission. I would not pivot to something because of shiny object syndrome. I would like everything that I do is very deliberate. I think it through every decision we make on our team. We look at our mission statement and we're like, is this, is this like, can, can it hold water next to the mission statement? If it doesn't, it's a no, we just yeah. don't do it. And so I would, that would be my advice based on this is why I'm pivoting is it was a very deliberate thought process around yeah. what I'm intentionally doing.
0: Yeah. It's so funny when people, you know, number one, we, we talked about biography is not destiny just because where you came from does not mean where you can go because you've, you've talked about your upbringing. You've talked about having nothing. You've talked about all of that. People would look at you and go, well, once you have a huge scarcity mindset? And as soon as you started making money, you would have to hold it and keep it. And you're so full of abundance as far as there is more than enough people out there. I need more people like me to serve. I will never serve them all. They are not all for me. It's a huge abundance mindset. But the the beauty of it is when people understand that when you have a mission that trumps growth, you will have more growth than you've ever needed in your life. But if your mission is just growth, you're going to have a problem. Like if your mission, if your mission statement was based on just getting more members into your group, you never would have been able to do this advanced certification and do this amazing program for other coaches out there who honestly follow you. So many coaches follow you just to try to learn from and watch what you do. And instead of just saying like, Hey, just watch from the outside or join my membership to try to learn what you can. It's like, no, let's welcome you in, come in and I'll, I'll actually just show you everything if that's what you want, because (laughs) your mission is, is growth beyond yourself, right? Which is Mm -hmm. so full of abundance. It's so amazing. Um, Now my, my client that went through, it went through in your, in your first group through April. Are you doing this again? Is it coming up again? When, when could coaches come into your world and learn all that goodness from you?
1: So we are going to be taking applications in August. So if they get on, basically, if you go to theweightlossuniversity.com, you can get on the wait list and That means that we will send you information the second that we are going to open up the applications. Um, and that page has information on just what to expect. It's not an easy program. It's uh, <laughs> it's a lot of listening to me teach. We have you go through hours upon hours of my content and we discuss it and we debate it and we ask questions on it because i I want you leaving feeling like it's. It's not about like, well, now I'm just going to go and regurge what Corinne did. I don't want that. I want you leaving feeling confident that now you know how to take the simplicity of what I teach, the business frameworks that, that I like run my business on, but that now you know what to do with it so that you get to amplify your unique qualities. I think for me, that's what's more important than anything when we're talking about Working with people when it comes to um, like, you know, an advanced certification, whatever, is we don't need more Koreans necessarily. What we need yep. is more people who are, are as willing to put themselves out there and teach and figure out their unique mindsets and their unique yep. thought processes. And I'm really good at teaching people that. And so that's, that's more of what the essence of the program is. You will learn the foundations of everything. No BS weight loss. You will walk out. If you want to just teach it like I do, you can do that. But I, but I spend at least half of the certification on teaching you how to become your own person. Yeah. Because I feel like the easiest job you ever have is being you. The moment you're trying to be someone else, it becomes work and it's work. You're not going to want to show up for day in and day out.
0: Yeah. It's the hardest job in the world is to try to be someone that you're not. It's, it's, Ugh. it's exhausting. And I mean, I did it for years. My first, my first um, niche was weight loss. And I tell you if there was an advanced certification for weight loss, then I might've stayed in the weight loss niche at this point, I'm happy where I am. But if you're like, if you're an LCS coach or if you're a coach out there and you hear about LCS, you go, okay, maybe I'll join scholars. Maybe I'll think about it. And then you do it a little bit. And then you realize, Oh, when I join and I get that certification, it levels me up beyond anything. So we know the future of coaching is have an LCS stamp because Mm -hmm. I don't do that. I think if you're a weight loss coach out there, I can see this. I'm just going to say it. So it's on the record. I think the future of weight loss coaching requires the advanced certification. Like that will become the staple of, you know, people either in your membership who want more one-on-one or who want some dedication. Maybe they stay in your membership, maybe they don't, but they're going to look for people with that seal of approval. And so yeah. if you're, I know there was, I actually had another client who didn't get into your first group and it's, so if you're out there thinking about it and you're like, I wonder if this would be for me or not, or I just got certified or yeah, I spent a lot of money in certification. I'm not making the money back. I hear all these excuses all the time. This is a stamp you're going to want because this could be the investment. This could be the thing that gives you all the freedom and the ability to not only be yourself, but build a business that you absolutely love. So I love that you're opening it up again um, and that people can jump into it because that will be incredible. Do you, I I know the program a little bit because of my client. Um, Do you limit how many people come in? Like it it is limited enrollment when when you open.
1: We do. Um, This time we're actually going to take more. So the neat thing we, so we learned a lot through the first one. A lot of the stuff is staying, but a couple of things that are going to change is, my my team has also grown since we even did the last one we're now at 20 people (laughs) so they're gonna so the people who were in um inside that advanced weight loss certification are going to also get some access to my team i'm going to have our like director of marketing come in and do a whole class on just like messaging and like the basics of this stuff the stuff that we're not really getting taught out there but the things that we know and that we do well. I have a content developer who her whole job is just develop. Like she downloads my brain and she puts it into courses. She's going to help everybody with like, well, how do you actually figure out your course? How do you like, like how do you make the basic outline? Just the things that, the things that will make things easier for you so that you can get out there and you can actually start the coaching and start the selling and stuff. Uh, But we have like, we have a branding expert on our team now who she rebranded us. She knows all about what's important when it comes to your aesthetic and what should you not worry about. So like, we're going to have these people who do key things. Like we have a Facebook ads person. So we have just different people are going to cycle in and do some bonus calls so that they're just going to come. And they're going to talk about some foundational basics. So if you, if you know anything about NoBS weight loss, I have four basics. Everything that I teach across the board always comes down to this is the bare minimum. We need to be doing like, let's quit getting fancy on everything. And yeah. my team is the same way. They're going to be like, this is the bare minimum we should be doing. And then yeah. people can ask questions and stuff. So we're doing a lot of that this round. Okay. Um, but it's like, I appreciate you saying this will be the stamp of approval because we're working so hard on this. It, this is the project that means a lot to me because I literally, I look around at the world and like weight loss is so bastardized and it, we have got to stop teaching people to lose weight the hard way restriction from demeaning themselves. Like there's so much that needs to be revolutionized in weight loss. And, um, I think we're one of the few people out there who are doing it and I want to teach more people how to teach other people to do it too.
0: I love that. It just, I mean, it it basically sounds like, look, if you want to be a coach, here's the path, get your LCS certification. That's like going, that's like going to university. Then if you want your PhD, like you really want to stand out, get the advanced certification. So if you're a weight loss coach, I don't care where you are in it. I think this is going to be something that you're going to require and you should look into ASAP because I look at, I mean, I can tell you how many clients and even just peers have told me um, the value they got. You know, a while ago when you did a launch for your membership in our private coaching uh, group on Facebook, you posted like, here's the launch I did. Here's the exact steps, how it went. And here's what I did to do it and get the results. People lost their mind. You (laughs) literally lost their mind that you posted that. And almost, I would say any call that I had with an LCS coach client that week, it came up. Like, can we do what Corinne did? Can we follow that process? How do I follow that? And I'm just like, wow, people are so hungry for this. And the fact that, okay, if you gave that out on a free group, I can't imagine opening your world to your experts, your people coming in. I mean, that's that's invaluable. That is crazy priceless. So absolutely. Um if you're interested, if you're listening to this and you're like weight loss, I think if you're not a weight loss coach, you should just jump in because I'm like, I'm not a weight loss coach. I think I want to jump in and just learn how people grow. Um, But it is an advanced certification. It's incredible. We will have all the links attached to this to be able to get out there and check it out. But it is. Um, what was the website again?
1: The weightlossuniversity.com
0: theweightlossuniversity.com. Super easy. And if you are a weight loss coach, why would you not go to the weight loss university? Like if you're a life coach, you go to the life coach school. Now go to the weight loss university, which is so easy, so beautiful. Um, So we around here believe that it has to be simple to be sustainable. If it's not simple, it won't work. The simplest form of your business is the most profitable. What simplification advice or how to make things simple would you give to any entrepreneur listening? I think
1: the easiest thing, like, Start with managing your time. (laughs) I just watch people waste their fucking time all the time. And I am like, it's a no. I mean, because the bigger you get, the more demands you have on your time. So especially when you're first starting, especially when you're in that middle stage, get really good about knowing when you're working and not just when you're working, but what you'll actually be doing. Like if you were to look at my calendar today, Um, let me just pull one thing up. Let me read you what I will be doing. I always type in just such like plain language. Grab social photos and record audios that Sarah sent you yesterday.
0: (laughs) You can't screw that one up.
1: (laughs) I know, it's like, put on your calendar, cave man or cave woman, simple instructions for yourself so that if you have a day like I did today, this was my 5 a.m. instruction to myself. Yeah. I woke up in a mood for no reason. It's just cloudy. I mean, I'll blame it on the rain, but it's <laughs> like I knew what to do and I got those things done. So I think that just for simplicity's sake, for yourself, yeah. just give your, in the beginning, give yourself clear direction because you yeah. don't have a boss anymore. You are the boss now. And so the your boss shows up on Sunday and gives you clear direction all week long. And then you get to show up as the person who is getting it done during the week. So that would be my big thing.
0: I love that. I always tell my clients, there's two people in your business right now when they're a single entrepreneur, there's a CEO and there's the employee. If you try to be the CEO all the time, nothing will get done. If you try to be the employee all the time, you have no idea what to do. Be the CEO for an hour, tell them what to do, and then go on vacation for the week and -hmm. then let the employees do the work. And so you have to be both of those things. But I absolutely love that. I have a client who writes like, do content. For like three hours on a Monday. And I'm like, when you show up to do that, what the hell are you doing? You have no idea. Right. sit there and go, what am I going to write? Let me go compare with everybody else. If it's right. like, write these three posts, this one, this one, this one, you know exactly what to do. I exactly, Simple mm-hmm. is better. Do you think your business is simple today? Do you love how simple your business is?
1: I do. We yeah. we, we operate on keeping it simple and, and yeah. I kind of watch everything now and I'm really good at highlighting like, guys, I think we got a redundancy here. Yeah. I will say the bigger you get, the um, complexity likes to sneak in. Yeah, there's more, <laughs> so, there's
0: more gaps and cracks for it to flow in. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So I watch a lot. I'm always pruning. I'm always saying no to things. I'm like, what are the, we have a list of the five things we're working on this year. And like nothing gets on the calendar unless they tie to those five things. If it can't tie to those five, get it out of here. Yeah. <laughs>
0: amazing amazing well corinne um thank you so much for doing this um i was so excited to do it you and i actually speaking together or not together but speaking at an event in november and i was so excited about that and i was like i want to do a podcast before we do that so now that's checked off that's done um and the most important thing that any listener can take away from this right now is if you're an lcs coach you need some advanced certification it's open in august if you're looking for a sign this is it right here on this podcast here's the sign go sign up theweightlossuniversity.com and get on the list now because when that stuff goes live, I'm telling you it's going to be gone. So I would get on that list ASAP.
1: Thank you so much for having me. This was a wonderful day. Thank you. Oh,
0: thank you. All right, everybody. If you want to know more about it, follow the links. All the show notes are there. We will see you next week. Thanks, Corinne. Bye. Thank you. Are you ready to take this one step further? Entrepreneurs Only Mastermind is the place. This is the time. Okay, so you just listened to this episode. You're feeling good. You're feeling energized. You're feeling ready. But what's holding you back from actually doing the work, executing on what we talked about? Imagine working with me live every week in a group of entrepreneurs just like you to discuss, dive into, and figure out the bullshit holding you back. This is the right time. Go check it out right now at www.davemoreno.ca slash mastermind. I'll see you inside.